Hello and welcome to episode 31 of series two of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. This is a slightly different episode to the one that you're going to be used to. We haven't got just one interview for you today. uh, And what we are going to be doing is covering a range of clips from previous interviews, from previous episodes, from both uh, of the first two series of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. So um, as I mentioned in the last episode, if you listened to that a couple of weeks ago, we are now uh, at the end of, of series two of the podcast no no fresh interviews now before series three which we're going to be putting out in the new year hopefully as early as possible in january 2022 but just to keep things going we've we've kind of done a little bit of a curation exercise here around a number of episodes that we uh, we've extracted and short clips from a number of those episodes over the first two series as i say and the theme for today's uh, set of clips is really we started this 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 uh, podcast way back at the uh, in the sort of may 2020 right at the beginning of the pandemic it was a, a bit of a pandemic project which turned into something that we, we really enjoyed doing and we've decided to continue doing uh, certainly for the foreseeable future and 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 uh, i can't see any reason why we would stop so um but but a lot of a lot of what we talked about during the the first two series was heavily influenced by the pandemic we we tried to make sure that, that the content was as evergreen as possible and that uh, it wasn't just you know the pandemic show. So while whilst we 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 tried to tried to make you know focus on topics that were enduring, invariably we did talk a lot about the pandemic. But I do think that still the le- the lessons from that are something that is evergreen. And the fact that we've had to learn to adapt and change, and and also that, that as internal communicators and and from an employee engagement perspective, we've really earned our. Our, our stars, as it were, we, we've kind of proven our worth and we've earned that place at the table. Um, I think it's really important that we continue to do that. So in order to do that, we need to reflect and think about what we've learned. We need to look back and 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 think about what are some of the things that we took from the pandemic? What are some of the kind of profound learnings that are likely to carry on as we go into a new way of working? Um, and that's what we wanted to cover uh, by, by reviewing some of the conversations that we've had with some of our fantastic guests over the the two series of the uh, of the show so that's what we're going to be covering today um just before we go into those clips though just to just to remind you we are looking as i said for interviewees for this third series of the of the podcast and and we're really looking at a strong emphasis on organizational change and the role that comms and engagement plays in that so if if you've got some stories that you'd like to share with us about that um then then we'd be really keen to, to to talk to you to find out if you'd like to be on the show and to find out what it is that you in particular that you you would uh, like to share with our audience so um if that's the case then go along to engagingic.com and please leave us uh, uh, your details there and we will get in touch with you failing that you can email us at info at the big and similarly let us know what it is you'd like to talk about and we will get back in touch with you so that's uh, that's that i'm going to so now i'm going to move into the 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 uh, the, the actual uh, show itself where as i said we're going to be listening to a series of clips with me just introducing each one and putting some context behind it 
One of the biggest challenges that I think many managers and teams faced when we moved into a remote way of working was the uh, importance of trust and how much trust we had in our teams. I think teams that already had a very high level of trust where people knew what they were meant to be doing and were trusted to be able to deliver that didn't struggle as much as teams where there was maybe a more of a, a culture of um of, of being supervised, being micromanaged to a certain extent. And I think the importance of trust really came home as we entered into this remote way of working. And I think it's still one of the factors that we still need to focus on. What With, with regard to trust, uh, when we spoke to Kevin Hall back in episode 22 of series two of the podcast, Kevin works with global integration. He's actually, it's his business. Um, and global integration have worked for many years, 20 years plus with organizations, helping them to uh, be more effective when it comes to remote and virtual working. Now, obviously, Kevin's work has come massively to the fore over the last last 18 to 24 months um and and kevin has been never been more popular i think even though he's he's always been uh, what, what i think one of the one of the leading leading experts in this field so kevin told us all about the importance of trust and how as managers and as leaders and as organizations we had to recognize the fact that as we moved into remote way of working we needed to be able to focus on people's outcomes rather than their tasks and their inputs. And I think that's a really important thing for internal communicators and employee engagers to remember that we need to be setting our employees, our, our colleagues with a sense of what it is we wanting them to achieve rather than giving them a long list of tasks uh, and, uh, and, and sort of roles and functions that they need to, to to deliver within their role. It needs to be very much that we need to get more comfortable with giving them an objective to work to. And I think the pandemic has emphasized how important that is in our communications and also in the way that we manage our people. So let's listen to hear what Kevin had to say about that. When we look back at the last, last kind of year and a half, um, I, I think we have to separate what's about working from home and what's about a pandemic. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. do, you, do you remember, you know, three years ago, uh, working from home was a perk? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and so that the experience of trying to survive a pandemic, looking after your family, homeschooling, having anxiety about what's happening in the outside world and working is very different from the historic experience of, of remote working. And I, I do like to separate the two because I think sometimes they get conflated and, and maybe remote working gets blamed for things that are the pandemic and, and vice versa. Sure, yeah. Um, I do think your point about, I'd go beyond uh, beyond outputs as well, uh, because then we start to measure the work. Mm. I'm kind of, I think outputs are a useful part of performance management in a remote environment, but outcomes, yeah, are even yeah. more important. Yeah. Like what happened as a result of these outputs? You know, because yes, if I'm in a clinical trials team and I generate 15 reports, have I done my work, or mm. is my work around getting a drug launched? Yeah, yeah so very... I'm interested in as, as far as possible moving towards outcomes. And I founded my business on the basis that I wouldn't, you know, everybody was remote. I wouldn't monitor people. People have targets um, around, you know, revenue, revenue level. And I, you know, I, I hate being micromanaged myself. One of the areas where there's still some question marks about what the impact of 
remote working and having to work remotely and now moving into a hybrid world, uh, one of the open questions that still, I guess, a few of us still haven't answered yet is, has this made a, a fundamental change in, the, in, in terms of productivity and collaboration? And actually, are we more able to collaborate more effectively now? Now we're all familiar with using tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom and other forms of collaborative software, which before the pandemic were were very difficult to get people to use and, and uh, the uptake was relatively patchy. Um, and it, has that actually had a fundamental impact and a long-term impact on the way that we collaborate within Teams? Back in episode nine of the first series of the podcast, I spoke to Ryan Tamasebi, who at the time was with Hive HR. Now, Hive run uh, pulse surveys for organizations to help them assess the effectiveness of all sorts of HR practices, including internal communications. And what, at the time, this was fairly early into the pandemic, Hive had discovered from their research and from the surveys that they were running with their clients, that remote working had had a demonstrable positive impact on the way that organizations and teams were collaborating. So let's just listen hear to, from uh, Ryan about that. And I guess, you know, as you're listening to this, reflect on, is this something you've seen in your own organization? And also, do you think that this is a long-term a sustainable benefit that we will see from this way of working? As I say, I think the jury is out on this. I think there's still, uh, I think we've kind of realized now that there is still a place for working face-to-face -face and face-to-face -face collaboration and that online brings benefits and, and actually using the best of digital and online working and face-to-face -face working is probably the way we need to go. But anyway, let's listen to Ryan. This was, as I say, back in the uh, early stages of the pandemic last year in uh, 2020. Interestingly, what we're finding is that with some of the surveys that organizations are running during this crisis, that we're seeing scores improve in terms of not only the manager relationship and, and how much a manager is checking in with um, individuals within their team, but also um, collaboration, not just within teams, but across uh, different teams and departments as well. And historically, that's you know, for listeners who've been involved in running engagement surveys previously, I would probably imagine that a, a large number of them will have experienced lower scores or more negative scores on their survey coming from questions around yes pay, which um, when you ask that question, you, of course, people usually respond <laughs> um, with some lower scores to it. I, I always wonder why we ask those questions in the first place. I know. It's, it's I know. usually not going to lead to us doing anything about it. But But anyway... Uh, the other one that we tend to see low scores around is is how well um, people feel uh, their team collaborates with other teams and other departments. So usually high scores when you're asking about collaboration within your team, but as soon as you start asking about across teams or across departments, you see much lower scores. We're actually seeing huge increases in yeah. scores on collaboration um, as a whole, not just within a team, um, mm. since this um, pandemic happened. Um, and whether that's because of the camaraderie of let's all get through this together um, or whether it's because remote working is actually giving people more of an impetus or more of a drive or more of an opportunity to just interact and collaborate with other teams and departments. Mm. Um, I don't know, but we're seeing a mix of all of those things because we're certainly seeing people feel like collaboration has improved. 
The pandemic has provided employee engagers and internal communicators with a real opportunity to step forward and step up and show their value to their organizations. And I think this is an opportunity now that the profession needs to accept and embrace as quickly as possible. And my hope is that going into 2022 and beyond as we hopefully start to recover from the pandemic is that we don't forget the role that employee engagement and internal communications played during the the days of where everyone was uh, dispatched to their homes to work uh, or where we were having to work with very very unusual in a very unusual situation um, and in episode 30 the final episode of the series one of the podcast Jen Sproul who is the chief executive of the Institute of Internal Communications summarized quite beautifully I think what what that situation was was what the what we what the profession had achieved in 2020 uh, but also what the uh, what the value that, that that it had proven to the organizations and how it really needed to capitalize on that going forward we interviewed Jen again at the end of uh, of this series of the second series of the podcast i think if you this will be the it'll be the interview previous to this one if you want to listen to her uh, her latest take on this but i think this this interview from the end of 2020 really summarizes what i i see and employee engagement had delivered during 2020 and also i think has gone on to continue to deliver during 2021 so let's hear from jen I think there's so much that we can pick out in terms of positives and, and what we've learned. And we've certainly, as IOIC, seen that everyone feels quite positive about the, what this pandemic has done for the future of, of internal communication and how its perceived role is in the organisation. I think some of the positives, I think a massive positive we can take away from this is that we're all learning about technology. <laughs> and what it can do and how we can utilise it and how we can really reframe to some degree. We've never had such a blank sheet of paper to define mm. a new new future to really. And we've never had so many open ears to seeing actually maybe I should bring in that internal comms person because they will really help think me through. Going back to that point we were just talking about, about being more of a consultant, not just a, yeah. a doer yeah. or tactics person. We're yeah. starting to be really seen in that. So we're really understanding the power of technology. We're understanding how we can use it in the most smartest and cleverest of ways to try and create that community, that connection, that dialogue. I think, yeah. we, and I think that those learnings will continue for some time, so we can really start to leverage and create what is going to be really great organisations to work for. And what yeah. that comes with it is really thinking about that parity of experience for everyone. If you think back, you know, we've always talked about remote workers, so that's just too challenging. We don't think about it. Now we're all the same. Now we're yeah. all remote. We're all thinking in this new way. So we can kind of stop thinking of things in groups and think about things as a collective, sit back with a new understanding of technology and really start to build those bridges and create a really, really new future. Yeah. I think the positive with that as well is that we've really also got the ear of leadership and more trust and we are more embedded within our organisations. I think we probably can certainly have more conversations with key stakeholders than we've ever had. So there's a real opportunity to get ourselves really embedded into those key key areas of the business and set a new strategic direction for what internal communication is there to do. Because organisations, they're all going to be going through seismic shifts from how they work to how they make money 
to what they sell, to what they do, to how they innovate, to how they actually make have rewarding and experience rich roles for their people. So we have a real opportunity with our abilities and our skills and our increasing understanding of what our employees need, because we're plugged into mm-hmm. the listening as well, to mm-hmm. really set a new future, to maybe argue for that, dare I say, investment in the future. Jen's points were also backed up when we spoke to Lisa Gwinnell from Siemens Mobility in episode 24 of series two of the podcast, where Lisa again reiterated the importance and the value that internal communications had proven during the pandemic and during the struggles of lockdown and remote working. It has cemented that internal comms is is intrinsically important to when you have um crisis situations or when you have mega changes in an organization that are either forced upon you from outside uh, forces or, or, or internally driven and um, being someone that can be called upon and, and knows how things work in the organization knows the audiences and the channels to get messages out through the organization I'm not saying I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm brilliant but um, <laughs> we, you know we definitely got a few things right by the feedback that came through um, mm. But from speaking to my colleagues as well, I mean, it's, it's a real mixed bag. Um, I think some have unfortunately, you know, lost their roles due to being in in organisations and industries that have folded due to the pandemic. But some have risen through the ranks and really been able to show their worth, and and some have got new roles out of it as well. So it's um yeah, it's a real it's a real different set of um of mixed bag depending mm. on where you are I think I've been very fortunate to be in an industry that has has powered through the pandemic and still remained very profitable and successful um, and needing to get people from A to B has, has always been the case um, mm. and um, but if I look at reports from uh, you know the Gallagher state of the sector report it's internal communications has, has definitely risen up through the ranks as you put it and um uh, the profession has become, um, you know, an, a really important part of yeah. uh, alongside HR and IT. You know, it's it's no longer seen, if it was, uh, I've used this phrase recently as a as the sort of ugly cousin of marketing <laughs> or external uh, yeah. PR. You know, sort of thing. It is seen as as something that is a valid career choice and is a valid. Um, part of an organization's success which I've always believed it it is and yeah. um, thankfully Siemens have recognized that too. Over the course of the podcast we've heard some amazing stories of, of the ways that internal communicators have adapted and innovated during the pandemic and ways that they've found to keep their employees engaged and stimulated and kept in the loop whilst they've been working remotely or working not necessarily remotely but working in a different way and for for this next clip we're going to listen to Christina Veneva and Christina works for one of the largest uh, holiday resorts in Dubai Atlantis Resorts and Christina is the internal communications manager there and she explains to us some of the really practical things they did with a workforce that had to adapt to working in in a, in a very unusual way and hospitality as we probably know was was massively affected during the uh, the pandemic so Christina's got some really interesting examples of what they did at Atlantis Resorts in this next clip you know when the pandemic hit uh, which was last year in March our communication style completely changed in terms of frequency. So in the past, if we've had a once a newsletter once a week, 
Uh, it became daily. Sometimes it was a couple of times daily. Um, something which is really cool, and I'm, I'm so proud of, of the team for, for putting this together, is we, we did um, a weekly video newsletter or a, vic- a weekly magazine where we read the news out like a proper newscast. We had the yeah. news of the week. Uh, we had competitions. We had interviews with people, and, and we really made that... Uh, 20 minute to 30 minute video newsletter, something fun and something that people would look forward to. So besides the regular communication that they would get on a daily basis, we would keep everyone engaged and everyone really motivated um, through this, this video newsletter, which was called the Atlantis Flash Live. And, then, and in times like, like that, in times of crisis, it's, it's, really, it, it's really important to give people those glimmers of hope those projects that they can work on, that they can make a difference because people felt powerless. Um, They didn't know what was going on. They were just waiting for something to happen. And when you feel powerless and really unable to change what's happening around you or or to create what's happening around you, you become very disengaged, not just with work, but with life. So we wanted to give our employees and, and their families that sense of purpose to rekindle that and, and, and maybe create different avenues that they hadn't thought of before. Following on from what Christina was talking about in that last clip, in episode eight of the first series of the podcast, we spoke to Tanya Pakuta from Lease Plan. And Tanya, again, this was earlier in the pandemic, again, went on to tell us some of the work that she'd been doing and some of the innovative work that they'd been doing at Lease Plan to, in order to ensure that they didn't lose their employees in terms of engagement and that they also supported and communicated with them effectively during those early stages of the pandemic. May I just say that for a comms professional, this was a very challenging period of time. And from one day to another, me and my team had to just simply rethink the way we were going to, you know, operate and approach this huge beast uh, known as COVID. Um, And we had to figure it out fast. Um, And uh, one thing we realized very quickly is that uh, silence wasn't an option. Um, So the, the very first thing we've learned is that it was truly better to over communicate than under communicate um and and that's that's when we you know uh put all hands on deck um uh, we realize also all the carefully crafted plans that we we've had made before for 2020 could have been you know just uh, thrown in the bin um mm. and we just had to start over um So the first thing we actually did um, in the spirit of true honesty and transparency to our employees um, is we made our CEO, CCO and other senior leaders available for three hours every week, uh, every Wednesday to speak directly to our employees on an all employee call. Uh, why I say three hours is because of 32 countries, right? You can imagine there's uh, countries in, in different time zones. And, um, you know, a question I typically get asked here is, why wouldn't you simply record it uh, and replay the message or share the message digitally? 
Um, I mean, yes, you, you would be right to say that. Uh, but for our CEO, it was really a priority to make himself available to people and know that he's there for them. And he takes the time out of his diary to really walk everyone through what is happening and make them really understand what is it that, that they can do in this situation. In the final clip of this episode, I just wanted to cover off, I think, something that links all of these together, which is that as internal communicators and employee engagers, we need to get better at understanding the mechanics and the psychology of organizational change. And this point was emphasized in episode 29 of series two of the podcast in an interview with Mark Dollins and John Stemmel. They've just written a book which is all about organizational communications. And, and one of the chapters in that book and, and also running throughout the book is a uh, a whole thread around organizational change and the fact that internal communicators need to be able to converse and understand and also be able to be at the table when it comes to leading organizational change. It's not that they're just a pair of hands to be brought in to communicate the change. They need to be actually leading that part of that process. And then I say in the same way, that I think as internal communicators, we've had to learn business literacy in all sorts of areas in order to be able to be credible and able to do our jobs effectively. I think the importance of being an internal communications change aware champion is really important as well. So let's hear from Mark Dollins in this final clip within this uh, within this show. Well, as John said, um, it's change is central to everything that we're doing these days. And whether a company is going through digital transformation or, to your point, uh, Craig, new work arrangements as yeah. a result of the pandemic, cultural change, you know, the traditional, even the traditional merger and acquisition kinds of activity, th they're not going away. In fact, it's only going to gain in volume and in scale. So what we see happening is that general managers and our HR partners are jumping in the deep end, I think, with both feet in terms of learning about change management and practicing mm. it. Mm. And I always want to draw the distinction between change management and change management communications. Mm. I think uh, many of us in the world of employee communications have been pulled in at times to say, hey, we have this thing that's changing and we need you to, to communicate it. And, you know, more often than not, we communicators become the change management drivers because there isn't a change management uh, discipline that exists mm -hmm. within our organizations. That's changing and it's mm -hmm. changing very, very quickly where, as I said, we have HR, we have general managers who are getting certified in various change management competencies. And when they look to connect with communications these days, more often than not, they're finding communicators um, in the function that don't fully understand the discipline of change management mm -hmm. and how communication threads through it. So we cover that in the book. We we talk about the different models. We talk about the importance of, of partnering, the need to get educated in these disciplines, um, certified if that's available, so that we understand the tools, we can speak the, the language of change management practitioners. So we have to understand what our partners are saying when they say things like ADCAR, which is um, an acronym used in the ProSci change management model, mm -hmm. stands for awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement, or whatever model that the enterprise is using, 
when we as communicators understand these disciplines, we can lend to the speed of which um, our communications can work, the, and of course the efficiency, because we're, we're on the same page, we're talking the same language, and we're using the same kinds of disciplines that our change management counterparts are using. So there's an inextricable link now between the importance of change and the importance uh, of employee communications. So I hope you found that useful. We, As I said at the beginning of the these clips, we just wanted to pull together a few really important thoughts, ideas uh, relating to this the topic that we've been looking at in this episode, which is this whole idea of, of how we've been able to transform our organizations, how we've been able to transform our practice, and how we've had to up our game during the pandemic, but also thinking about how we can then learn to be able to do that in the future because we, we are going to be facing change for the future we've changed faced into change before the pandemic will face into change after the pandemic so i think as professional internal communicators and employee engagers we need to be continually thinking about how we are going to be influential within the organization um and i think that last clip there from john uh stemmel and mark dollins where we heard mark talking about the importance of change management skills within the profession are really important and that feeds into a lot of work that's being done by in organizations like the institute of internal communications around professionalizing internal communications and other other competency frameworks that are out there so i, I would definitely encourage you to thinking be thinking about what are some of the skills that i need to work on that are not traditional internal communications, HR, organization development skills, and how can I become someone who is fully literate around all of the issues that the organization is facing so I can play an effective role in advising and being that trusted advisor status that many of us are looking for. So I hope you found this uh, this episode useful and that uh, the, the, this, this summary uh, content of, of different interviews has been of value to you. I'd recommend if you want to hear more from the interviewees and the interviews that we've, uh, we've, we've, we've kind of cut through today, the, the clips that we've taken, you can go back and listen to the, the whole interview where all of our shows are available at engagingic.com, uh, where you'll find every episode from both series of the podcast there available for you. And as we look into series three of the podcast, um, hopefully we'll be continuing to explore some of these themes. I know we will. Um, but if there's anything in particular that you'd like us to cover, as we said at the beginning, please do get in touch with us and let us know at engagingic.com or drop us an email at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk and we will get back to you and um, we will also give you some uh, updates via email as well. So if you're not already on our mailing list, please sign up for our mailing list at engagingic.com as well. There's a sign up for their form there where you can sign up for future episodes. So thanks very much for listening to this episode. Uh, we will be doing another one, at least one more of these kind of curation magazine style episodes in the near future, probably in the next fortnight. Um, and as I said at the beginning, we're going to be looking to uh, have the uh, new series ready for you early in 2022 with a whole new series of, of new interviewees, fresh interviews for you to uh, listen to and hopefully learn from. So thanks very much and take care. Thank you.